0: and peace and blessings be upon the messenger of Allah and upon my brothers and sisters in Islam, assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make things easy for us, to unite our hearts, to make the brotherhood between us a strong brotherhood, and to unite us in all the wonderful occasions and to support us in our work in his cause (coughs) I ask Allah to benefit us with what we are learning and to help us in being consistent in our application of what we learn. My brothers and sisters I'm continuing with the topic about the signs of the hereafter or the signs of the last hour the last hour does not necessarily mean when the world erupts the last hour means the hereafter the last hour could also mean a person's death and we are in a time of preparation for our last hour a mu'min is always in a time of preparation for their last hour and we mentioned earlier a very important point which is a crucial difference between one who believes in the day of judgment and one who does not believe in the day of judgment or the last hour and the most crucial difference between the two is that the one who does not believe in the hereafter works only within the limits or within the boundaries between the time they are born And the time they die so all the efforts and struggle are aimed at fulfilling their objectives of life you know to get an education so that they can get a good job and then to get a good job in order to raise enough money so that they can get a good retirement in the end and then have a good funeral And then that's it as for a person who believes in the hereafter he thinks of this life as a seed yes a seed and you need to harvest and graze the land and then you plant your seed you plant your seed and harvest the land in a given season so that it can grow in spring we are now, as Muslims we believe that we are in the harvesting time. And the Prophet said, That the lives of my ummah are about between the ages of sixty and seventy. Such a short life to harvest, such a short time, <coughs> and we miss this opportunity to plant our seed so it can grow in the hereafter because when a muslim knows that there is an accountability for what they do they begin to monitor their work more much closer much closely and they analyze their path and their chosen ways because of this concern a muslim is concerned about the signs that the Prophet put forth to us the signs of the last hour the signs before the hereafter and that it gives a person a feeling an understanding a fear that not only our lives are going to end soon but everything on the face of existence is also going to end very soon all of this is nothing but a warning that the time of the accountability to answer to your work is very close and we have been discussing the signs in detail we said that there are signs that have passed and happened already and there are signs that are happening now and still exist amongst us and that there are signs that still have not happened and are yet to happen and ever since the signs began they were from the time of the prophethood of Muhammad to his death and so on ever since the signs have been showing up and popping up since those days the signs of the last hour they have been increasing and becoming more in parts more than other parts and soon they will be everywhere today the signs you can say are everywhere in every given country, every given place where there are people or population living not all the signs are bad not all the signs are bad but the signs that are good then they already existed amongst the rare people before at the time of the Prophet the signs that are bad then they did not exist amply or in in a large amount in the time of the Prophet but now they are everywhere. And the most significant signs, bad signs, that appear as part of the coming of the last hour are the bad signs that come out within the Ummah of the Prophet within the nation of the Prophet, within Muslims. When these bad signs begin to increase amongst the Muslims themselves And that is wallahi one of the most unusual occurrences ever to happen. And because they are unusual or because the last hour is coming, the unusual signs happen for the coming of the last hour. The ummah of the Prophet was never known to be an ummah of war and famine and disunity and copycat of the of the disbelievers, and shirk, and men being like women and women being, women being like men, and imitating our imitating the churches and synagogues and other places of worship to make our mosques look like them, our masajid, and so on and so on. This is never known to be amongst the ummah of the Prophet. It wasn't known that the Ummah of the Prophet would never have or would would be without a Khalifa, without a leader until this day only a hundred years ago when the Khilafah dropped. These are the signs of the last hour, the coming of the end of the world, the closeness of the Day of Judgment for the living and for the dead because the Day of Judgment has not happened yet neither for the living nor even for the dead but. Some judgments are being, uh, are, are, some judgments from Allah are being done against those who have died at the beginning of the hereafter. But the actual judgment day has not happened yet. So it brings a sense of wanting to, of, of fear for the Muslim, a, a sense of the danger that we must act and work quickly must act and work quickly today now now before later today tonight before tomorrow and some of the signs which I have already mentioned are the death of the Prophet ﷺ, the fighting of the Muslims amongst each other because of a fitna at the time of Uthman and then Imam Ali and Muawiyah in the time of Aisha And I mentioned that the, that the buildings, the high-rise buildings will, will appear <clears throat> and that the mosques will be decorated like the churches and the beliefs of others that music and instruments of music will be spread amongst the ummah to the point where we begin to practice uh, in our celebrations, bring musical bands and dances and that alcohol is spread also amongst the Muslims and the believers and that to say that instruments of music are halal or that drinking alcohol is halal we also mentioned about how we will begin to imitate and copy imitate and copy the, the Romans which are known today to be the Europeans In everything we do, and we mentioned this and gave a lot of examples about the things we copy them, not only in their customs or in their culture, but even in their own religion. So today you find many Muslims, for example, not only are they imitating them in doing birthdays, nor are they only imitating them in doing special anniversaries that are known to them, but they also take part in Easter and Christmas and they call it integration. (coughs) This is not integration, this is dishonoring your own beliefs, giving up your own Islam and trying to invent a new religion which involves Islam Christianity together (coughs) and this is impossible. You cannot believe in Isa for example, to celebrate, to celebrate that Isa was a Prophet and at the same time was the Son of God. This cannot equal. But the plain reason is that Muslims want to integrate. By introducing, listen to what I'm saying with the meaning of integration, not interaction, Not. Interacting with them on good terms and doing good things together no integration in the form of introducing from their beliefs And adding it new into our beliefs by practicing their beliefs and our beliefs together even if they contradict each other And these are the signs of one of the last hours that are practiced amongst our ummah today Also we mentioned that one of the signs in the last hour is the fitna. Fitna is such a huge word. And fitna is a word or is is an action that is worse than killing, than death. Fitna is the cause of masses of deaths. Fitna is the causes of miserable lives. Fitna is the cause of changing the balance of the world to cause injustice, to cause murders, to cause oppression and famine and poverty. Fitna can cause the breakup of families and disunity. Fitna is mischief. Fitna is worse than anything on the face of the earth. Fitna is the cause of every bad. And fitna makes Muslims fight one another. One Muslim and the other Muslim are in the same belief, yet they are complete enemies worse than the enmity of the shaitan himself. And this is happening throughout the world for hundreds of years. Because we lean our ears to the hypocrites, to people who are not sincere, to people who show off on the outside that they are Muslim but on the inside they intend evil for the Muslims. We turn our ears to the sources other than the sources of Islam and allow them to play a role in our disunity and defragmentation. And this is called fitna. Or the spreading of rumors and allowing rumors to enter our ears and then gossip about them. Pass them on about our fellow brothers and sisters in Islam. This is called fitna. Brother, can I get you over there to switch on the lights for our sisters upstairs? Just above you. Above you, brother. Just switch on all those lights you can see. Mm-hmm. That's right. So fitna is worse than killing. And these are the signs of the last hour. The more they increase, the closer we are to the end, and the closer we are to the major signs, the closer we are to the hereafter. And I reached the, the point of, I continue the signs of the last hour also today. Today I mentioned the following signs. Number one, Wiladatul Amah. Jibreel once entered in a famous hadith which is in Bukhari and Muslim he entered in the form of a man and Umar عنه, narrates this hadith and Abdullah ibn Umar also narrates this hadith however Umar ibn Khattab عنه, was sitting with the Prophet he said we were sitting with the Prophet when a man entered through the door who was wearing very white clothing and he had very black hair uh, the signs of travel were not distinctive on him and none of us knew him So there was a very strange man. Then he sat in front of the Prophet on his knees, meaning he sat down on his knees and he made contact between his knees and the Prophet's knees and then he placed his palms on his own knees and then he addressed the Prophet and asked him a question, O Messenger of Allah, tell me about Islam. And and the Prophet told him the five pillars. The man said to him, You are truthful. Umar ibn Khattab said, It was strange. How could he ask him a question and then confirm that the answer was true? Then he would ask him, what are, tell me about Iman? And the Prophet told him, the six pillars of Iman. Then the man said to him, you are truthful. Umar al Khattab said, we were amazed. How could he ask him a question again and yet confirm his answer to be true? Then he asked him, he said tell me about Ihsan which is a higher form of Iman, higher than Iman. And he told him to worship Allah as if you can see Him in front of you but although you know you cannot see Allah then you are conscious that He can see you. And he said you are truthful. Then he asked him a question, a very strange question in front of the companions. He said, he asked, when is the last hour going to be? And the Prophet replied, the person whom you are asking does not know any better than the questioner. I Meaning, I don't know more, my knowledge and your knowledge are the same, I don't know. So then he asked, أخبرني عن أماراتها Tell me then, inform me of some of its signs. And then he said, أَنْتَلِدُ الْأَمَةُ رَبَّتَهَا رُعَاءَ الشَّاتِ فِي الْبُنْيَانِ He said, when you see, That the mother gives birth to her her mistress. The mother gives birth to her mistress and you find that the buildings are high rise in the sky. Built by whom? By the formerly known shepherds who were poor and barefooted. They become the people who build the buildings up really high. Some scholars say these are the Jewish people who in those days used to be shepherds and today they are the wealthy people, the people in authority and power and they build high buildings and high-rise buildings you see them today other scholars they said no it's not necessarily the case but rather you just see buildings being built very high because of the expansion of new technology as for the mother giving birth to a mistress the scholars also differed on that but the most common opinion amongst the scholars is that the mother actually gives birth to her daughter who grows up to to become a tyranny to her own mother, to become a disobedient daughter to her mother. And other scholars said it is both. You know, it is the um, the, the children, the the the, uh, the daughters of the mother, they grow up to become like men and forget the rights of their mother and the rights of their father. Other scholars, they said, it also involves the children, that they be, that that uh, disobedience to the parents and neglect negligence of our parents is uh, is going to become very widespread amongst the world and amongst the nation of the Prophet and we see that today brothers and sisters we see how much negligence there is first of all amongst the non-Muslims you know the children once they grow up enough they move out of home and they neglect their parents they hardly ever contact them we're talking in general here and then when they're old enough they feel like it's a burden to throw them into a into a nursing home and finally they can't wait until they die in order to sell off the house and distribute the money amongst them this is also now practice amongst the muslims themselves and the amount of phone calls we receive here in this preston masjid wallahi you know they make the hairs go white from the stories you hear from these poor mothers and these poor fathers complaining you know my son or my daughter has not visited me for 2 years i'm old and my leg is my, i am um, i'm old and i have a disease in my leg or i have a, or i walk on 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 walking sticks and my children have not seen me for 2 years 3 years 5 years or a mother calling or a father calling and saying i said one word to my son ever since that day he's been angry with me and he's never t- spoken to me or called me for years or calling and saying how much the children bash them and hit them and abuse them and swear at them and slander them subhanAllah or of of, of Muslim children sorry to put the dirty washing out brothers and sisters but this is our people we have to monitor and know the Prophet warned us about this time and that we should not fall into the same problems we should teach our children how they you know take their parents to court and they begin to take their rights in the Australian courts from their parents. Allahu Akbar. So this is one of the one of the bad signs of the hereafter that exists amongst the ummah of the Prophet Wallahi with my own ear, I used to hear certain, like in visiting certain houses, Wallahi with my own ear, I would see certain sons like sons of, of 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 certain parents you know adults and jo- you know, joking with their father they would say things like you know really bad words to them such as and excuse me for saying this but I have to such as saying you know you know you, you bastard and things like that When to their own father Wallahi with my ears saying these words and what could the father do father complained to me and cried and I said you have to put him in his position he said otherwise he would, he said he will leave I Said then let him leave but it's gone to that these are Muslim homes calling their parents these names calling their mothers well, like with my ear calling their mothers the B word you know or the saying things like she's a, a, a psycho or things like that children saying this to their parents amongst the Muslims what is the world coming to? these are one of the signs of the last which are bad signs amongst the ummah and we are to avoid them these are a fitna to all of us another sign of the hereafter Prophet foretold كثرة القتل killing a lot killing a lot and the Prophet ﷺ did not say lots of deaths rather he said lots of killing, murders, killing, mass killings, mass murders and the Prophet ﷺ said لا تقوم حتى يكثر الحرج The last hour will not come until al-harj becomes increasingly everywhere. They asked him, O oh, messenger of Allah, what is al-harj, and he said twice al-qatl al-qatl, killing, killing. He repeated it twice because of its mass amount. And then he said, bayna ya dayasaa ayyam al-harj, fiha al-ilm, jahil He said, al-harj al-sukun, No, al-harj and so he said between now and the last hour is lots of killing and he said in those times as well when lots of killing happens in those times knowledge begins to fade away it doesn't go away Yazul means it begins to fade away فِيهَا الْجَهَلْ and ignorance begins ignorance begins to expose itself <coughs> this means that the majority of the world is based on ignorance, and the minority is based on true knowledge and wisdom. And he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, knowledge will not be taken away by force from the minds and the hearts of the people, but through the deaths of their scholars. That's how knowledge begins to decrease. Also, the Prophet said in this regard, In Sa'a between now and the last hour there will come a time of lots of killing. They asked him, Ya wa Al-Harj, what is Al-Harj said? It is killing, lots of killing. They said, could it possibly be more than the amounts of killing that happen in our time? When we go to Jihad with the enemy who wants to kill us, we kill about 70,000 a year in those days. These are some groups of people who used to fight a lot, defend by fighting, 70,000. The Prophet ﷺ said, in those days it is not the killing of the disbelievers or the enemies of islam that i am talking about it is not that masses of killing not the killing of of disbelievers who want to fight you no he said but it is in the mass killings of you amongst each other we kill each other not the mushrikeen not the disbelievers we kill each other in masses <coughs> Na'am. No. He said, Innahu. He said, in those days, in that time, the senses, yani the the people's the, the the sanity, he said, sanity will be lost from the minds of most people those days. People will be insane, he said. There will be people who are insane everywhere on those days. <clears throat> and lots of people will begin to follow this insanity. يَحْسُبُ أَكْثَرُهُمْ أَنَّهُ عَلَى شَيْءٍ وَلَيْسُ عَلَى شيء. He says, every one of those people who will become insane, they think that they are doing something, they are accomplishing something by killing these masses amongst their Muslim fellow brothers and sisters. But the Prophet ﷺ said, neither of them are on any rightful term. One says, I am on the correct aqeedah, so they kill others who, are not on the, who think they are not on the correct aqeedah and the others say the same things to them. And the Prophet ﷺ said, neither of them are on any rightful Islamic position. And there are increasing masses of killings and wars amongst the Muslims everywhere in the world today. And I need to say this, although some of you may disagree with what I'm about to say. But I say it for a reason. One of the examples could be, I'm not saying most likely, but could be, in Afghanistan, lots of killings happen between the Muslims. This army says, I am the proper Muslim, and this army says, I am the proper Muslim. Each one calling the other the wrong army, or the Kafir army. Or in Algeria, Muslims killing Muslims, or as we hear, I don't know if this is true, but according to the hadith of Prophet ﷺ, lots of killings amongst the Muslims are going to happen. In Lebanon, I remember, lots of killings amongst Muslims. In Turkey, Muslims against Muslims. Everywhere, in in lots of er- countries in Africa and in Asia, Muslims killing Muslims. Armies of Islam killing civilians of Muslims. And civilians of Muslims killing armies of Muslims. Now this is everywhere now. عن ابي هريره رضي الله عنه حسان فتقى صلى الله عليه وسلم said والذي نفسي بيده by the one who possesses my soul in his hands لا تذهب الدنيا حتى ياتي على الناس يوما لا يدري القاتل فيما قتل ولا المقتول فيما قتل فقيل كيف يكون ذلك يا رسول الله قال الهرج القاتل والمقتول في النار he said, there will come a time that this world will not end, this world will not be destroyed until a time comes on the people. When the person who killed does not know for what purpose they killed the other, the victim, they don't know why, they just killed him, they don't know really why they really killed him, for what real reason, for what rightful reason. This is in our time today. You find even non-Muslims saying this same statement today. What is war for? For what reason? What is the purpose of it all? What's the aim of it all? And that's true. But this is amongst the Muslims more. And the one who is who was killed does not know why they were killed. We've seen a lot of that around, haven't we? children being assassinated and killed while hiding behind their fathers and their parents in Palestine in Kashmir in Chechnya in Afghanistan everywhere everywhere now in Iraq and then one person said Ya Rasulallah how can this be how can this happen and sorry he said yeah, how can this happen and what is the result of those people who kill and do not know what they killed by and the one who insisted on killing doesn't know what he what, what he died for and all of that he said it is because of the fact that there will be masses of killing both of the killer and the one who is the victim of the killer are in hellfire because the killer wanted to kill the muslim And the victim, initially before he died, also wanted to kill the fellow Muslim. So both of them are in hellfire. And this is our time today. Muslims try to justify why they killed other Muslims, and those other Muslims try to justify why they are killing these Muslims. And all, wallahi, the Prophet said, all of them are unjustifiable. No right in Islam, and they are both in hellfire. The killer and the victim. So killing but not knowing why, what for? And one of the greatest signs and one of the greatest miracles of the prophecy of the Prophet told to him by Allah is the existence now of the weapons of mass destruction. Yes that is true, the weapons of mass destruction they are namely deliberately called Weapons of mass destruction because they destroy masses, they kill masses. Did that exist at the time of the Prophet No. The companions are thinking, how could these masses of killing happen at one time in such an unprofessional manner, in such a disorganized fashion that the one who killed doesn't know why and whom he killed and 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 the victim doesn't know for what reason they were killed and why they are fighting mass weapons of mass destruction do that all for you and have no mercy or differentiation between the innocent or the guilty and he said that on those days man will have no more value the human being the human life will have no value and this is happening today because Because, Prophet ﷺ explained to us, why? Because of the spread of madness, insanity. And today, wallahi, we see that the greatest madness and insanity exists in our own leaders. Because the leaders of the disbelievers at least look after their own people. As for our leaders, they betray their own people to please other people's people and this is all as a result of insanity and madness. Driven by the love of the world and the love of the seat and the love of desires and temptations, the Prophet warned us and he said, It is not poverty that I fear upon you, O my nation, but it is when your eyes and your heart open up to the world and want the dunya, and so you will strive for it and sacrifice for it, and then you will strive for it as the people before strive for it, you, it will destroy you the same way as it destroyed the people before. And this is what is happening to us today. Another sign of the last hour which is worth mentioning here, and these by the way brothers, we have now reached, if you realize, we have now reached the signs that are happening in our time. Or have happened before and still exist in our time. Another sign, as Prophet ﷺ said, al-Zaman," When time will be quick, from time to another time is very short, The shortening of time. He said last I will not come to long hadith and he says, one of them is time will be very short. And in another hadith he says, one whole year will be like a month, and one whole month will look as if it was just a week and the week will be like a day and the day will be like an hour and the hour will be like a tiny fragment burning away how quick does a tiny fragment burn away? so the time just burns away very quickly, incinerates an hour is not even counted at all when, when, you, when you count an hour you think wow that really passed quick as if it did not exist as if it just vanished into incineration isn't that right? In those days, time of Prophet ﷺ, an hour did not seem like that, nor did a day seem like an hour, nor did a month seem like a day in those days. However, time had barakah, time had blessing, and it had long time. The night was long, the day was long, the hours were long. And you hear, you hear strange hadiths, which strange hadiths about certain scholars, you know, 1,200 years ago being able to uh, uh, me, uh, recite the whole Qur'an from beginning to end, you know, more than five times or ten times in one day. Do not feel, don't, don't you know, don't be surprised if this is true. Or that the Prophet used to pray in one night, two rakam, just two rakam, in one of the nights he recited the whole Qur'an. Do not be surprised because there was barakah in that time and then he would make it to fajr so what kind of barakah used to exist in that time or in fact sorry to correct myself in a tarawih, the whole tarawih he would recite once recite the whole quran so what kind of barakah they had in those days do not be surprised we are in the last times before the last hour ask Allah to save us (coughs) another sign of the signs of last hour and this is interesting al Aswaq marketing marketing becomes very close to to one another, to to each other it's very easy to shop it's very easy to exchange very quick even if you are making a money exchange between here and, and America how far is it? you can make quick exchanges in a single minute between any place in the world to the other side of the world and the Prophet, ﷺ, this is what he meant by markets become close to each other. Shops become very near to each other. It could be on the other side of the world. Yet that's no problem. You can do a transaction in a minute. The internet, the electronic devices that are now available. Uh, the telecommunication. You know, the media. You know, when you look at a stock the stock market and the shares, it's all done through quick, electronic and telecommunication transport and communication. It's very easy as you all know already. I don't need to explain all of this for you for we know what technology is like today. Just say the word and it's there. How's that? Just say the word. Optus. Is it Optus? Okay. eBay. How quick is that? eBay quick and fast transactions Allahu Akbar you communicate with a person from here to the other side of the world and complete a transaction in that single minute so Sadaqa Rasulullah the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is truthful and it's a miracle that 14 centuries ago he told us that the shopping and the marketing be very close to one another it doesn't matter where you are in the world and this was very strange to the companions to hear something like this they couldn't understand but now we do understand because Allah says in the Quran explaining in the meaning of the verse that not all the miracles and the signs of Allah are clear to us yet but rather in the future they'll become clear Allah says in the Quran سَنُرِيهِمْ آيَاتُنَا فِي الأفاق وَفِي أَنفُسِهِمْ وَمِمَّا لَا يعلمون. We shall show them in the future and clear out our signs to them more miracles in the space, in themselves and things which they didn't even know. So the miracles have been foretold by the Prophet ﷺ but understanding them is coming in time and we now understand these hadiths even better today. And the result of this marketing world becoming like that is because of also what the Prophet ﷺ, he included this meaning, marketing or shopping becoming close to one another, this includes much more meaning than that. It also means fast knowledge. Without fast knowledge, you cannot have this fast marketing. So knowledge is quick. You can do correspondence courses, you can work off the internet, you can get a degree off the internet these days. Quick knowledge. You want to know something, bang on the internet, it's there. It's one of the causes of our conflicts here amongst the Muslims because everyone shops around for fatwas in a single second. It's so easy. Wallahi if the fatwas are hard to get, I think we'll have a better, we'll have, a, we'll, we'll have less conflicts when, if the fatwas are a bit more difficult to reach. But, alhamd, but because a lot of people can reach the fatwa in a single second, they'll get you about a hundred fatwas on the same topic all different. In a single minute or five minutes or so. And the increase of scholars and MashaAllah amongst us is a result of this. But, as the Prophet ﷺ said, it is not knowledge, it is insanity. Fast transport, quick. Send your cargo in any way, you can. the more you pay the faster it will get there. 24 hours, 2 days, 1 day from Saudi Arabia to here, all the way. So fast transport, which means fast communication, telecommunication, which means fast shopping, fast marketing, fast everything. We are in the fast life. We are all in the fast lane. How's that? Another sign of the last hour. Now this is also another very interesting comment. I would like you to listen attentively to it. For some of us may be in this problem. This is one of the signs that is a problem in our ummah. Remember how I said some signs are bad? This is one of the bad ones. ظهور في هذه The exposure of shirk making partners with Allah within this Ummah, within the Muslim nation. How is that true? I mean if I asked anyone here, do you worship Jesus Christ? Nobody will put their hand up. Or if I ask, do you worship an idol? you'll say, no one will put their hand up over here. So what is the Prophet ﷺ talking about? Is this hadith is, is the Prophet does the Prophet, ﷺ, is the Prophet ﷺ lying about it? Billah? Or do we misunderstand this hadith because of our lack of knowledge? The second is true. Because we do not understand our own aqidah. Knowledge, as a result, the knowledge is decreasing. As a result, our shirk is increasing. I ask Allah to save us from that. I'll give you some examples. Although no one will admit, or no one will say, I worship a statue or an idol. A lot of Muslims themselves will say, I don't worship a an statue or idol, but rather they are, without realizing, they are worshiping statues. And idols (coughs) for example if I asked anyone who is the one that can provide you with goodness and prevent harm from you and no one can interfere in that decision you would say Allah so some Muslims they bring amulets of different shapes and they wear them and they believe they are good luck charms that they bring good to the family or to themselves Such charms are made by human hands. They neither benefit nor harm in any way. Yet your belief in them means that you worship them. This is exactly what Ibrahim used to say when he said to his father Azhar, let me sell these statues. And then he went out and said, O people, who would like to buy something that cannot benefit or harm? So no one bought a statue. We believe in these amulets that they benefit and harm so they worship them, they worship them. And this is a form of worship. If I asked anyone about grave worshipping, you probably don't know, yet wallahi the majority of the ummah today in the world of Islam is worshipping graves. And these are results of many sects that came out in Islam that took ideas from the Greeks and from the Persians and from the Romans they worship graves wallahi i've seen it with my eyes when i was 14 and 15 and 16 years old back in my back in my country lebanon where my parents are from in the villages especially especially in the villages almost every village has got one or two or three special places they call them sanctuaries of a grave and they believe a prophet is buried there but no one's really buried there, I don't know and they take their children to that grave when they are sick and they ask the person in the grave to cure them Wallahi with my eyes I saw a Muslim, you know, a lady who was ignorant with her two daughters wearing hijab they took off their shoes and entered into the sanctuary of the grave and they began to pray thinking that their prayer is going to be accepted there Wallahi shirk is everywhere about this worshipping of shaykhs worshipping of imams and scholars many people worship them yes you don't bow and prostrate to them but you see worship is not just bowing and prostrating If bowing and prostrating just meant worship, then all the hypocrites at the time of the Prophet would have been Muslims. But worship does not only involve your actions of bowing and prostrating. You see, when the Prophet saw a statue on the neck Hung on the neck of one of his companions, who were at that time still a disbeliever. His name was Adi. He said to him, "Alqi anka haddal watan ya Adi, take this statue off you, this idol off your neck, ya Adi." And then the Prophet ﷺ recited the verse: "They have taken their monks and their priests as gods instead of Allah." Adi said to him, "We do not worship them, ya Muhammad sallallahu Alaihi wasallam." But the Prophet ﷺ replied. Did they not make for you permissible what Allah had made forbidden, and they forbid for you what Allah made permissible, meaning they can change your rules for you? He said, yes they can because they're praised. He said, that is how you are worshipping them. You worship sheikhs today by making fatwas when it's clear in Islam that it's haram for example, such as the fatwa of riba. How many Muslims today will Allah go to any common Muslim that is not religious, just a common Muslim that prays but just common, You know, ask a few of them. Out of every five, or out of every three, you will get at least one. Who will say to you, but I heard a shaykh so and so on the television satellite dish saying that, you know, riba for the first house is halal. Many of them say that, many. And this is worshipping the shaykhs. Or those who follow blindly a certain school of thought, madhab. A lot of you may disagree with me. But I put the true fact in front of your eyes and then you try to argue it in your mind. The, follow, the blind following of madhabs, the key word here is blind. You follow the madhabs of the Imams such as Imam Abu Hanifa and Hanbali Malik and Shafi. They follow them blindly as if they are the Quran. I am not talking about people who use them to gain more knowledge or to use them as a guide, but rather those who follow them strictly and do not follow anything else as if they are the Qur'an. And they teach only from that, not accepting dalil from any other source. (coughs) This is wallahi. In the meaning of what the Prophet said to ta'adin, it is worship of them. You reject clear dalils no matter what it is, about what words of the Prophet and you cannot argue with it as clear as the sun yet they say to you I am for example a Shafi'i so that means take away this hadith from me I am a Shafi'i this is clear some people who do not even pray behind a person because they are from a different madhab and this happened in the past this happened in the time of the Imams, Imam shafii in, in Mecca the Shafiis would pray behind the shafii imam and the, Hanbalis, the Hanafis would pray behind the Hanafi imams and the malikis would pray behind the Maliki imams only until finally it was dispersed and, and it was solved but today it's creeping back and ever since it's existed this principle <coughs> what about sorcery and fortune telling only the other day I was at a house advising them not to seek fortune telling and sorcery How many Muslims today, when they get sick, or a member of their family gets sick in some peculiar way, and the doctors don't know the cure to it, what do they do? They go to certain people who have got long beards, and they look like shirts, and they've got big, massive hats like that, and they pay them thousands of dollars in order to write a script of some sort, and then cover it into a leather case and sew it up, and they tell them, let them wear it, and this will protect them but never open it or they give them something to drink and they've said some words of talent words of magic onto it how many Muslims do that how many millions of Muslims in the world millions and again between every three Muslims you are bound to find one of them who practices this type of thing how many amongst the Muslims try to disunite between husband and wife by going to sorcerers time to, to write something to them, or to make them love one another or whatever or to never get married How many Muslims go to fortune-tellers, copying the West and copying the uh, the, disbelievers who used to practice fortune-telling and sorcery. They go to people who call themselves shaykhs, and they think that they can tell them their future, or they tell them the unseen, and they believe it. So shirk wallahi is everywhere amongst the ummah today, another miracle of the Prophet He also said one of the signs is the increase of disuniting between relatives and cousins amongst the ummah of the Prophet How many Muslims today break their relationship with their cousins relatives because of some worldly pathetic reason. Wallahi, personal reasons, they just don't ever talk with each other is called qati'at rahim. We should rather try to reunite between one another. No matter what the circumstances are, unless they are causing fitna in your religion another sign المشيخة, which means that the people who are called shaykhs or the learned people become more younger in age more younger in age so young people are called shaykhs more often this doesn't necessarily mean a bad sign nor does it necessarily mean a good sign for it carries both meanings that young people Will claim scholarship for themselves, scholarly knowledge for themselves, because they are they carry a few hadith and that's it. They become scholars with them and they expect people to call them sheikhs. Or that really young people begin are are look into Islam quicker and want to learn the Sharia quicker and so they become sheikhs at a young age. Both meanings are correct and we do have them both today. These same meanings you find that the older people today are seeking knowledge from the younger people. And vice versa, the younger people are claiming to be shaykhs when they are not even a drop next to being a sheikh. Also one of the signs is <laughs> lots and lots of trade. And I don't need to explain that to you today. The Prophet went to the extent of saying between now and the last hour, is lots and lots of trade to the point where now listen carefully the point where the mother begins to become the associate of her husband in trade this does not necessarily mean a bad thing and it does not necessarily mean a good thing but it carries both meanings as well it's not haram for the woman to share contribute with her husband in the business so long as it is halal But it is done in increasing form. The opportunities are greater and today there is ample opportunity. At the same time women are becoming like the heads of the business instead of their husband or they become partners in the business in a lot of the haram businesses and this is also practiced today. It also means that Muslims will be following too much of the world in finance, too much wealth and I said the hadith before he said, والله ما الفقر أخشى عليكم ولكن أخشى عليكم أن تبسط الدنيا عليكم كما بسطت على من كان قبلكم فتنافسوها كما تنافسوها he said Wallahi, it is not poverty that i fear upon you but i fear that the world will open its arms for you so that you would want it and strive for it as it as it, as it uh, displayed itself for the people before you and then you'll begin to compete with one another, compete, competition, to get as much as you can from it, and beat the other people, and then it destroys you, as the other people used to compete, and it destroys you the same way it destroyed the people before you. Today, wallahi, you find the husband and the wife, they're in competition with another husband and a wife. They want to beat each family in seeing who can buy the more house, most houses, who can have the better cars, who can have more money, who is able to rise on the ladder more and so it need be, it calls for the need because of this competition that the woman begins to forfeit her, uh, uh, her her motherly rights or her duties in the home with the children in order to sacrifice all of that and busy herself with the business and trade with her husband, both of them mutually accepting, for what purpose? Only so that they can make a competition, compete with other families and compete with other Muslims. And this wallahi is increased in our time, sadaqa alaihi wasallam. Also the sign before, I'll just mention a couple more inshallah, lots of earthquakes, and I don't need to talk about that much. Lots and lots of earthquakes everywhere. Also the The righteous people will begin to, become, to be vanished. The people who reconcile, the people who bring truth and righteousness to others, they begin to vanish, it's hard to find them, hard to find proper leaders, hard to find proper righteous men. And lastly for today I say to you الاسافي, meaning the bad people who are insignificant they will begin to rise in authority and in power and people will go to them kissing their feet and their backside, kissing their backside so they can get what they want from them and they those people who are in authority are the lowest of the low in actual practice and the people who are full of wisdom and righteousness and dignity and honor and leadership power, they are considered to be put aside and they are to be considered feeble and the lowest of the low. Today, this is exactly what is happening. My brothers and sisters, this is all we'll talk about today insha'Allah and we will continue uh, next week insha'Allah. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.